Hey, I got some cool stuff from the patristics, the fathers, and uh, I and the father are one. Boy, if we could ever get a hold of that, amen? And so here's really what I'm trying to get across to you is the, you know, all scripture, we've kind of lost this in the West, but I'm going to show you some of the early teaching um, that's still taught in all the Orthodox and even catechism and Catholic churches, and it's blasphemy to a Westerner today, and it's the foundation of Christianity, and I'll share some of the, the fathers, but uh, you know, Paul and John and obviously Jesus himself will show you then a bunch of the patristics, what they taught. But here's the thing, guys. If you ever get a hold of um, the same God in Colossians that says he holds everything together, he's created everything together, there's one spirit, John, and John says constantly in Paul, and uh, the same God that created everything, that literally holds everything together is the same God that's in you sitting in your chair. And you're one. You're not less than one. We were sharing this a little bit Wednesday night at, on the fellowship. Some of you guys joined that. And so I just wanted to share it a little bit more because once you get it, guys, and this is why I love science behind it because science, the, the essence of quantum physics literally is this, is there's limited potential. Everything's made out of energy, which is the small package called photons. And I'm sure 10 years from now we'll go, oh, we only got a piece of it. Now it's deeper that we can even see a deeper truth of it. But right now, what we understand is everything's photons or energy and potential. And the minute you focus on it, <clears throat> it turns from a possibility into something physical. Is that cool? That's cool. And you can't, you can't get around it. And so um, I'm kind of excited because uh, the science, these neuroscientists and everybody, they're going, you know what? We, we don't know about all that theology, guys, of separation and everything else, but we're doing this stuff. And so the great news is we're doing this stuff as a church body. We've got some really cool testimonies too, but let's just show that first uh, Inspire 100 thing if we can. Yeah, so this is cool. Um, yeah, this, this stuff is so fun to me. And uh, uh, Craig Downing up in Billings, they're getting some businesses together to start expanding Inspire 100 up there. But anyway, this little girl you know, had drug use and drug problems and, and he didn't really know her, but he... He'd met her and she's like covering her face and he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, you know, the drug use, I've got bad teeth and my teeth rotted out. And, and, uh, and he's just like, hey, can we do something? And so he was the, really the spearhead behind all this and, and took care of the most of the financially actually, but we, we, we had a part in it too with Inspire, which is cool. But anyway, so she just, uh, she just wrote on there, she had flatlined and, you know, drug use and almost OD'd, and, but she's doing everything right right now getting her life together, got a job, just excited. I, I talked to the program guy who she's up there with and she just writes that, you probably can't read that from here, but it says, it's been so many years since I've been able to smile because of all the years of drug use and not taking care of my teeth well, not taking care of my teeth well. Today, I got my smile fixed and I'm never gonna stop smiling ever again. Thank you to everyone who helped make this happen. So thank you guys, all you inspire. Isn't that fun stuff? I love that stuff. So you guys want a couple testimonies? This is fun stuff too. Um, and some of these, I, one of these I shared Wednesday night, but I'll, I'll share it again here. Uh, this one just came from Michelle. So Brett, Ashley, I don't know who else you all here on the prayer team, but this is Michelle on the prayer team that she sent today. Isn't that cool? So we had prayed for, well, I'll tell you. <clears throat> uh, I wanted to give a great testimony about my neighbor who I shared three weeks ago and asked for prayer. Um, this guy had actually drowned jumping into Lake Michigan to save his wife who got swept off by the wave, off a pier by a wave. And so he actually drowned. Like, you know, they pronounced him dead. He's just sleeping. 
as a, as a, what's that movie? It made me think of it, um, The Princess Bride, <laughs> where he goes, you've been mostly dead, you've been mostly dead all day. So, <laughs> isn't that the movie? That's like, so these movies, some of them are just so funny to me. There's lots of truth in it. So anyway, uh, this is kind of serious, so I better act serious. <clears throat> but it's, there's really positive testimonies. We can laugh about it. So a week and a half ago, I was having to talk to her about what you want to do and what she wants and trying to redirect her, trying to redirect her thoughts. She was praying for his life, but yet at the same time needed to get some quiet time to try to make a decision to take him off his life support. So that's just where she was at this time in her journey. So I just told her, if you're praying for life, then you don't have to worry about turning off or making a decision on death. That's good advice right there, isn't it? So anyway, we've got, and you know what? If you've had experiences where you didn't do that, that's fine. Guess what? They are so in the Father's arms. You have nothing to worry about. Because there is a thing, I really believe this too, is, is uh, and this has been confirmed so many times, um, sometimes people are just tired. And they, they, they see, they get, I believe they totally get a glimpse of perfection. They get a glimpse of God's goodness. Um, you know, if you remember, uh, I don't remember who it was the other night on the fellowship that, um, gosh, I can't remember his number now, the doctor that was talking about COVID. But uh, he was an emergency room guy and three, three people came back to life. He's like, most of the time when they flatline, whatever, it's like, usually they don't come back. Well, all of them did that night. And he goes, it was miraculous. And they were all three different. You couldn't get more different backgrounds. Like one was a, a gay um, guy. Another one was an evangelical preacher or something. I might be getting these wrong, but I kind of get it right. Like one was basically all three different backgrounds, styles of life, everything else. And every one of them said, why'd you bring me back? For the first time in my life, I felt peace. That's honestly what they all said. So I think that I think we have a choice, like Psalm 91 says, is, is uh, <clears throat> and I've, this has been confirmed with me so many times when we've prayed for people, and, and uh, a lot of times I'll actually get it, I know Ash probably does too, I'll actually get like, oh, they're, they've made the decision. And it's okay, because they're, they're, he's the God of the living, amen? But so, so don't beat yourself up about that, it's like there's been people very close to me where I was like, oh my gosh, you know, um, they made the decision to go. And that's okay. So this guy didn't, obviously, which is really nice. But anyway. <clears throat> uh, but that's really good advice. Hey, if you're praying for life, then you don't have to make a decision to, to take them off life support. So anyway, we've gone from that fact, from that to the fact that he's getting up out of bed now, going to the bathroom by himself, talking to people, alert, understanding what's going on. I just kept telling her that no matter what she was saying, I would just say, I'm sticking with it. I'm telling you, your husband will be home. He'll be cutting grass, doing all the things he's been doing. He'll be better than he ever was. Now, the only thing we need to get him to work on is to eat more. <clears throat> he's not so hungry, so they would like him to eat more. So I just told her again today, I see him eating and uh, don't really care what it looks like in the physical right now, which really ties into what we're talking about tonight. So she's actually come a long way. They both have, but this is just a positively fabulous miracle. <clears throat> One last thing, there was a nurse telling him that it would be six months or longer before he would even really be able to do anything and that these things take a long time. I told her, don't let what the nurse is saying limit what, you, what can happen. Hearing things like that was limiting her. So they were saying like, it would be six months before he even can do anything and he's up going to the bathroom doing, eating everything already. So now he has been accepted to a local hospital rehab here that's very hard to get into as soon as he starts to eat better, which I told her today, I see him there by the end of the week. He'll, he'll be here she lists the city instead of an hour and a half away in the city in Michigan. 
So it's only been three weeks. He's already approved to be in a home here in rehab. He just asked a little, he just has to eat a little bit more. So I would like you to, I would like to ask all of you pray that he's enjoying himself in luscious hospital meals. If there is such a thing. So when they're when we're doing that, it's a, uh, so yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Exactly what she said. We just see him up eating a huge appetite by the end of the week in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? That's good stuff. Um, yeah, this one was from Mumbai, India. I shared this on the thing the other night. I just read your email. Oh, it's amazing. The direct connection scientifically and spiritually, it's mind-blowing. I'm Tanya from India. My husband, Savio, is a hardcore friend. To tell you honestly, I initially could not understand what you were saying. He kept on encouraging me, and then I would do, and it just swept me off my feet because I'm a graduate in chemistry. So when you started sharing about quantum and, and how we have this whole cosmos in us, it just sapped me. So thank you for this awesome truth. I have a testimony. I was having a financial problem as my husband was laid off at home due to the pandemic with no salary. We had all of our children's fees, house bills to pay. I remain in a state that all my bills are paid. I have no, um, no bills due whatsoever. And I believe that my father is able to give me exceedingly abundantly above all that I can think or ask according to the power that works in me. And just after four days, we just got blessed with finance, which paid off all of our outstanding bills. Our daddy's so amazing. And just this month, my husband started working through one of his friends. It's supernatural. Another thing is that I'm believing he will draw a salary of X. I don't know how, but I've told him. I don't know how, but I've told him <clears throat> his boss has not told you how much he will pay him. I, I, just, I did get a follow-up message that he got his first advance, which was really good. And I know that's going to happen as my father's already given it. So I told my husband that it comes, don't worry about it. Thank you once again for revealing this truth that Christ is in us. That's the hope of glory. The way you share the gospel still has to get revelation. Oh, no. <laughs> the way you share the gospel, my pastor still has to, has to get these revelations. <clears throat> but he thinks it's new age, but we, but we know the truth. We're going to talk about that because what they're sharing today is new age. What I'm sharing is the gospel. This is what was taught for the first 500 years. It's they're completely ignoring history. It sounds new age because these guys are doing it better than the church, right? It's not. It's the old age. It's the original. It's the gospel. It's the... Oh, man, you don't even recognize it, what we're sharing today. So uh, anyway, that's a, so. And then this one, this was just kind of a fun one. Some of you guys heard this the other night with Paul from Jamaica, man. So we were just, so many people struggle with food. And, uh, and I always just tell them, I go, what I'm sharing is in the scriptures. What you're sharing is not. Because <laughs> they're going, well, if you eat this, it'll do this. And if you do that, and I went to school to do this. I'm like, yeah, and you learned the wrong thing. So, so you got an, you're an expert in the wrong thing. So, and it's true. It's true. So I just, there's nothing that, Jesus says this, there's nothing that goes in a man that defiles a man because it goes out in the drought. You know, you know what your drought is, right? It's like when you go to the toilet. He's, here's what he's saying. He's like, there's nothing that defiles you. It goes in and it goes out. That's it. So I want people to think about this, honestly. Could Jesus eat anything? Yes. Of course. Aren't you one with him? Yes. Then what can you eat? Yeah, but you know, that's where you get tripped up. I'm an expert in this. I went to school for this. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> I discovered Freedom Ministries in Mike approximately four weeks ago. My life has changed dramatically. I've been challenged by high, high blood glucose level for about three years now. I was able to control it by means of a strict diet. <clears throat> this caused me to lose a lot of weight and the joy of just eating a good meal. Then, then Mike came along. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <clears throat> Uh, then Mike came along emphasizing that what comes out of you that defiles you, you can eat anything you desire. 
So just listening to him talk about food inspired me to do it. I eat, drink everything now and all the things that I had stopped eating. Now my blood glucose level is perfect. Freedom. Thanks, Mike, for the courage to teach the truth. I've always... This next part, this is just for us. I've always over, I've also, he's from Jamaica. I've also overcome my fear of cold weather to the point I've identified a home in Colorado Springs and I see myself and my family living in this wonderful home. Your influence on my life in four weeks has had a profound impact. I hear your voice in every situation, making things clear and practical. You are truly sent. Dr. Paul, Royal College of Arts and Sciences, Jamaica. Isn't that cool? I'll, I'll save the other ones. So anyway, is that good? I love that stuff. Man, eat what you want. Amen? Jamaica, man. So, all right. Hey, so just a couple things. So, when we deal with this situation, this uh, separation thing, <clears throat> I think it's going to shock you, some of the fathers, I'm going to show you their quotes tonight. Um, but we've, it's been so emphasized in the West that you're separate, you're set apart, you're God's not in you, or if it is, it's don't ever think that you can expect anything. And so, you know, you and Christ are one. I just, these are some notes that I just, before we get into this, <clears throat> you can't be less than one, can you? You're one. And it says, uh, so I just wrote, you can't be less than one. You're not less than one. Christ is, Christ is not bigger than you. Because a lot of times I think with like, oh, Christ in us. And we have, well, Jesus or Christ could do anything, but Christ is bigger than us. We're one, guys. That was the whole emphasis of scripture. You're one. So if Jesus can do it, can you do it? It has to be. That's what he's trying to say. Christ is not bigger than you. You're not something less than God. That was early church. And so the same God that created everything is the one with the person that's sitting right in your chair called you. So nothing's impossible to God. And 1 John 4 says, as he is, so are you in this world. So I don't care what it is. Nothing's impossible. Amen? Amen. Nothing is once you really get uh, uh, how you can control how we were supposed to live out of the spirit. So most of us would agree with this. Um, and this is why I was kind of like pushing back a little bit on some of the theology of even my friends is because when we, when we see Jesus somewhere else versus one with him in us, I still think it gives us a little bit of a separation idea. And so... <clears throat> Who does Paul say that his body is? Your body. That's what he says. He goes, you're the body of Christ. You're his flesh. Amen? You're, you're one with him. And so <clears throat> once you get that there's no separation, literally that Christ is in me, I'm the true tabernacle of God. God dwells in me. The same God that creates everything. I'm one with him. Now we're starting to get somewhere. We're starting to get somewhere good in my opinion. So I want you to get this. Is... Uh, Here's what we ask people a lot and on the prayer team you hear, like, what do you want? And so if Jesus came in and told you, this is how it's gonna be, how excited would you be? Pretty excited, wouldn't you? That's a separation mindset. Because they can fathom that. They can fathom Jesus walking in and going, hey, guess what? You're whole, you're abundant, you're healed, you're free. Like, oh, that would be amazing. But they cannot fathom when they say it that it's the same thing. That's separation. Amen? So when you get that your thoughts are divine, your thoughts are anointed, your thoughts are his thoughts, you have the mind of Christ, your mind is his mind. That's what he's trying to say. He doesn't use any other body but you. You are his body. Amen? So your thoughts, it's a done deal. 
I'm gonna show you just the types and shadows and different things. So there's nothing bigger in this world than you because there's nothing bigger in this world than God, amen? And I think a lot of times even, <clears throat> even you know, coming out of the word of faith, charismatic circles, et cetera, they're, they're so trying to figure out God, whatever. And, and that's where I, I really liked a lot of the, the teaching I got with Bishop. He goes, behave God. He would say it in Nigerian. He goes, you're not, you're not trying to get God to move. You're behaving God. He was saying like, behave like God. I'm like, that is awesome. And that's all scripture says, amen? So, because comes like, I, you know, and, and anyway, you get the point, right? There's nothing bigger than God in this world. So there's nothing bigger than you in this world because you're one. You cannot be less than one. Are you guys getting the point? And I'll show you through scripture. So, so here's how cool this is. is so if you have a thought, whose thought is it? It's God's, it's Christ's, it's the anointed thought. Well, if it's anointed thought, that means it's gonna come to pass. And that's what science is showing with the observer effect in quantum physics. So I just wrote, so if you have a thought and you picture a situation as you desire it to be, it absolutely will become. Now, how easy is faith then? That's easy, isn't it? But we've taught separation. You got to figure out the right formula and tongue it and pray it and Shabbat. What, like, you're making this thing so hard. It's easy when you have a thought. And that's what the observer effect literally says. The minute I focus on something, or, you know, Kate Fairchild used the word awareness a lot, consciousness a lot, which are all great. Um, but I think if I asked most of you guys, what's awareness, what's consciousness, I'd get like 50 answers. It literally just means this. What you pay attention to becomes real in your life. That's it. So if I, if I picture something, it's literally as if God's picturing something and it goes from any potential into a physical reality. Prayer becomes easy now, doesn't it? It really does, but you've never been taught this stuff, so you're wondering if you did it right. Or Once you realize your thoughts are his thoughts, what you picture is divine, now you cannot do it wrong. It's an impossibility. So just do it right. That's why choose life. Don't focus on what you don't want because you're gonna get more of it, amen? So anyway, does that help you guys? So that's, that's my, so let's go into this first uh, slide here. You, I've showed you this before, but that's Michelangelo, and you can clearly see, guys, you know, there's all kinds of, I, I, I've shared with you before, I, I thought I had the first revelation of this at first. <laughs> I was humbled in a hurry because I'm looking at that thing going, that looks like a brain. And so I'm like, I'm showing Barbara go, look at this, I swear this is a brain. And then I realized like there's been a thousand books written on it going, oh, yeah, okay. So, but it was a cool, it was cool for me because it was a revelation for me because I was like, Oh my God, there's a human brain. In the, that's Michelangelo's, the creation of Adam in the Sistine Chapel, right? And so it's clearly the shape of a human brain with the medulla oblongata and everything there. But who's in the brain? God in the cherubim. Now, where have we heard this stuff before, right? So just uh, Genesis 3.24, and I, I just want to give you references. So <clears throat> it's the whole guard narrative. So he placed at the east end of the garden of Eden cherubims. Now Eden, I've shared this with you before, it's three Hebrew letters, ayin, delet, nun. And ayin is to see, delet is a door or a pathway, and nun is a seed or life. And then Eden literally just means luxury, pleasures, daintiness. Isn't that cool? So here's what it says. Let, let me read it and I'll explain it. He placed at the east end of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. To keep the way. To keep the way. You know, We read it in this context like He's pushing man out and he's not going to let him back in. He's got angels there and a sword to keep you out. If you read it, it's saying he's there to keep the way so you can get back in. Amen? 
and it's between the cherubim. Now, Eden literally is luxury, pleasures, delight, the garden. Where's the earth? Where's the garden? Within you, it's the heart, it's man, it's flesh, right? So here's what he's saying. He's saying, the way back into life and luxury and daintiness is between the two cerebrums, the cherubim. And what you do there, Eden literally means what you see within your mind is the gateway to pleasures, life, daintiness. That's the gateway back into the garden. The two cherubim, the watchmen. Now it's kind of funny because I see these things like, I'm a watchman. I'm like, you don't even know what it means. <laughs> but thank you, watchman. So I'm protecting over the United States because I'm watching. I'm like, you're an idiot is what you are. It's like, you don't even know what it means. So you're getting more of what you don't want is actually what you're doing, watching, because you're coming against stuff and crazy. But anyway, keep watching. I always love it when they self-proclaim themselves. I am a this. I'm a watchman. I'm one of the watchmen guarding over. I'm like, do you get it? It's your brain. <laughs> it's your brain. It's the cerebrum. You're the, the watchman on the wall. It's your brain. It's, everything's about you. It's not it's about you trying to make sure nothing comes in the United States. Whatever. Anyway. So anyway, Exodus. So today I was reading Exodus because I was just going, gosh, man, I'm looking at that picture again and like trying to figure out which scriptures I'm going to talk about. Oh, next week. I'm, I'm really excited about next week because Next week, I'm, I'm going to share, just by paying attention today, what you focus on today not only heals your past, but brings you into that life of luxury, heals all time, your past and your future. I'll show you scripturally and science. Isn't that cool? I get excited about that kind of stuff. So then you can no longer be a victim unless you choose to be a victim. Well, you don't know me. This has happened to me. I'm like, I know, I know. But here's what's so cool. There's, there's no time in, in, in the spirit. And so what you simply do today literally heals the past. I'll show you scripturally. Isn't that cool? Anyway, I think that's cool. So, so here's the instructions. You know, we, we see this narrative where God's giving Moses this instructions to build an earthly tabernacle according to a pattern that he saw in the spirit. Well, what is the pattern that he saw in the spirit? He sees man, right? He sees us. And so, anyway, he says, make a veil. Well, you guys know the picture. It's this long and narrow thing, right? It's long and narrow. And then it's got the Ark of the Covenant. So basically, it was, here's where I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to meet you between the cherubim, which is our cerebrum, obviously, in the holiest of holies, and cover it with skin. And it's this long and narrow thing. <clears throat> and in the veil, the, the finely knit veil that separated the holy place to the holiest of holies... Literally, it says this, make a veil of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, finely spun linen, with cherubim skillfully worked into it. And sometimes in King James, it says cunning work of cunning work. So I'm like, huh, I wonder what skillfully is. And so I clicked on skillfully, cunning at least, literally means to think. Isn't that wild? And the work is work, thing made by man. I'm going, have you ever looked at the color of our brain, guys? It's the royal color of purple. It's scarlet and blue, which makes this beautiful purple color. Make a veil of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, finely spun linen. Linen is always this picture of righteousness, right, in scripture, with cherubim that skillfully think and work. So I just wrote, this another amazing example of what the cerebrum, our cerebrum, the two cherubim, finely spun linen of blue, purple, and scarlet, our brain, it's the holiest of holies. It's the entrance back into the Garden of Eden. Literally, I shared what Eden meant. What you see within is the pleasure back to the pathway of life. So be careful what you see. Get your eyes off this, right? The five senses. 
and put them on what you desire to see and as if God himself is seeing those thoughts, bringing it to pass. Got it? You can't do it wrong when you get that revelation. You mean all I need to do is focus on what I do desire? Yes. Yes. How can you do it wrong then? Right? And the only only reason you're worrying about it wrong because you didn't see it immediately or or something like that um, and you've been told you can do it wrong. Well, if you don't do this, if you've got sin in your life, you've got this, you've got this, you're like, nobody knows how to pray anymore. Every prayer verse is assurance. You ask for it, you got it. Amen? Beautiful. Got it? So, anyway, all right. So, this oneness, let's talk about this. All right, let's, let's hit this next slide real quick. Okay, I'm just going to share a couple of verses, and this next part I think is going to be really impactful with all the fathers. So, here's John. Um, do we believe John? Maybe. He's in your book. I don't know. Um, I see a lot of people are experts in the book. They don't believe any of it. John 10, I and my father are one. Now, what does that mean? We all accept that, oh yeah, Jesus and the father are one. We accept that, but then we don't make the correlation. John later, later writes, 1 John four seventeen. as he is, even so are we in this world, but it literally is cosmos, it's creation. So he goes, as he is, so are you in this creation. Well, if Jesus and the father are one, as he is, so are you. So you and the father are one. Who's the Father? Is he God? You mean God and you are one? Not less than one? John 17. That they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me. That glory is that, that word where literally if we get to Hebrew, it's kavot. It literally is this, this weightiness that bends and shapes reality. Like the weight, like when we see something, something really heavy, weight bends and shapes, attracts to it something lighter. You are the glory of God, the weightiness of God. So what's in you literally is the weight that bends and shapes every reality. That's pretty cool once you start getting that. So here's what he's saying. <clears throat> the weightiness of Jesus, I'm gonna put it that way. The, the weightiness of Jesus, which you gave me, I gave you. That they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me, that they may be perfect in one. So how perfect are you? How much weight do you carry? The glory of him. <laughs> you're, you're the weightiest thing in the planet. So anyway, just one more example. Ephesians 5. You know, when Paul's talking about marriage here. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife. And those two shall be one flesh. Now this is, this, the first time I ever read this next part, it like threw me. Because I've always heard the marriage part, they didn't finish it with this. Because I always heard, you know, husbands do this and like, oh God, like, yeah. Barb and I, yeah. And then he goes, I'm not even talking about marriage. <laughs> He goes, this is a mystery, but I'm speaking concerning Christ in the church. Amen? Now, his church is the what? Ecclesia. It's literally his body. It's the called out ones that have his name. And it's one flesh. So my flesh is one with who? God. So your flesh is one with? Now, am I saying this or is Paul and John saying this? Amen? Isn't that wild? Pretty wild, isn't it? All right, you want some early church stuff? All right, let's go to this next one. Okay, so 
Jesus said this, I and my father are one, right? John says it, Paul says it over and over and over. You know, Paul says there's one body, there's one spirit, there's one baptism, there's one, there's one uh, everything, doesn't he? So Irenaeus, so he's 130 to 200. The word of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> who did through his transcendent love become what we are, that he might bring us to be even what he is himself. That's interesting, isn't it? So Clement of Alexandria, about the same time frame, the word of God became man, that thou mayest learn from man how man, thou, thou mayest learn from man how man may become God. For if this, now think about this. For if one knows himself, he will know God. And knowing God, he will be made like God. Because if you know yourself, you know God. Holy smokes, huh? Athanasius, this is Baxter's guy. So 296 to 373. Therefore, he was not man and then became God, but he was God and then became man. And that to deify us. So if you go look up deification, it's the central teaching of Orthodox and, and really even Catholicism. It's the first few pages of the Catholic Catechism. They still teach this. Westerners, we call it, this is the original doctrine. This isn't new age. This was the age. This was the original. Amen? Now, the Eastern Church split from the Western Church because they're going, we don't even know what you're teaching. It's, not, it's so far from what we have anymore. But that's all we knew. That's, so when I started getting a hold of this stuff, I actually started to get ticked off a little bit. Like, I was. I'm like, you guys have been feeding us nonsense, all these big pastors and ministries and schools. And, like, you're teaching the exact wrong thing. It's 180 degrees out of phase today. And I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's like, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. So... <clears throat> Because people are like, well, I heard this guy say this, and I'm just bold enough now. I go, well, he's wrong. <laughs> he's wrong. So here's Athanasius. Therefore, he was not man, and then he became God. But he was God, then became man. That to deify us. Deify is deification. Be, 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 make a God. For he was made man that we might be made God. Augustine. This is where we really started to get a lot of the separation stuff. But here's what even Augustine said. For he hath given them power to become sons of God. He quotes <clears throat> John 1.12. If we have been made sons of God, uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> what happened next? What did he say? Here's the separation guy, right? If we have been made sons of God, we have also been made mm, gods. Praise God. That's so good. That's so good when you get this. So Gregory of Nazianzus, he's called the theologian. He and John were called the theologians. And he, he was the head of the, basically the main editor of what was compiled in the scripture. My Bible clearly says. Well, you might want to get your Bible out and see what Nazianzus said, all right? Because Nazianzus said some really interesting things if you go read his stuff. <clears throat> Through the medium of the mind. Interesting. He had dealings with the flesh. Wait, didn't we just see the mind is that holiest of holies? It's... Michelangelo's going, God in the cherubim, all these types and shadows, it's within you. That purple, scarlet, <clears throat> and blue, finely webbed thing is your brain. And he's going to meet you there between the two cerebrums, the cherubim. So the medium of the mind, he had dealings with the flesh, being made God on earth, which is man. Man and God blended. They became a single whole. The stronger side, who's the stronger side? Flesh or, or God? God. They became a single whole, the stronger side predominating, in order that I might be made God to the same extent that he was made man. 
And I could give you a hundred of these. I was showing her, I was like, I started looking up deification and the fathers. This was their central talk. You became, you become one. Your thoughts are his thoughts. You're, you're anointed. You become one. You, there, there's no separation. Now we've done such a great job in the Western church of separation that we think they think this is blasphemy now. I'm going to get a bunch of hate mail after this. So are you saying like, no, I'm not saying it. John's saying it. Jesus is saying it. Paul said it. All the fathers said it. You're just saying something different. I'm going to go with them. I got a better track record, right? And I mean, really guys, I'm like the organized church, how, long, how, how often have they been right? I was hearing the other night, Wednesday night, I go ask Galileo and Copernicus how that worked out, right? It's not good. It's, it's usually not good. So anyway, so I want you to get this. All right, so let's finish this up. Is this helping you at all? I love this stuff because if you, now what are the implications? This is why we're kind of like going back and forth and getting a little heated about theology on Wednesday night. Because um, at the end of the day, I'm just too practical. If it, I'm like, yeah, fine. What does it do for me right now? And, you know, for me, like, I wish I, wish I would have had some of this stuff as a young kid. And I had it, I had to be taught out of it, actually. Um, by supposedly the smartest guys in the room because they got a doctorate. <laughs> I don't care. You get a doctorate in stupidity. So, sorry, it just fires me up because a lot of the stuff that we were taught hurts a lot of people. And if they would get this, like, are you saying, like, yes, this is what I'm saying, is I don't care what the situation looks like. If you can see how you would like it, it is the anointing of God. You have the mind of Christ. And literally by you focusing on it, the scriptures are clear on it. Once you see it, you, you're one. There's not, you're not less than one. You're not less than Christ. There's nothing in this world bigger than you. That's a pretty amazing gospel message, isn't it? Like, are you serious? Yes, the spiritual, <clears throat> the smooth man, Jacob, will supplant or take over the physical man, Esau. So anything we do within the spirit literally will change anything here in the physical. That's good. That's good because like a lot of these testimonies, I just got another one from my friend. Um, I'll, I'll probably share next week or this week. Uh, it was a, she had asked for prayer the other night on the, on the live stream and about her daughter, single daughter because of COVID and hadn't, she just goes, man, it's miraculous. Everything came in after we prayed and like, God, thank you, Father. It just gives you confidence when you start praying and going, my thoughts are bad to the bone. My thoughts are God's thoughts. And I can enhance, I, the minute I think about it, it literally starts taking it from potential into physical. I must be God or something. Yes, that's what they were trying to say. I'm trying to shock you a little bit, but that was early church. I'm using their words, amen? Isn't that amazing? Why all the prayer verses of, of total confidence? Believe you have received it, you will. This is the confidence we have in him. You ask anything, you'll have it. So if Jesus walked in and he said, this is how it's going to be, you would all go, yep, that's how it's going to be. You haven't made the transition yet. This is how I'm going to decide it to be and then it's going to be. Amen? That's what the gospel was trying to be, early church. So hopefully this is sinking in. But So we'll just finish this up. Separation has caused us to think of Christ as bigger than themselves. I did that because I was taught that, well, you're, who are you trying to say you're God? Like, what? I didn't come up with that. Trust me, I wouldn't have thought of that, right? But I'm, I'm reading this stuff going, holy smokes, the fathers, Jesus, Paul, and John did. They didn't, and Jesus, it's so interesting because he says, 
being a co-equal, he didn't, he goes, have this mind, which was also in Jesus. He didn't think it was robbery to be a co-equal with God. He goes, have that mind. Isn't that interesting? Now the church, they go, don't ever, that's blasphemy, don't have that mind. What are you trying to say? If you ever read that, you gotta be a grumpy old turd like me. So I vote no. So there's not something less than, you're not something less than God. There's no such, all things are possible to him. And if we start to get this connection that all things are possible to me, which quantum physics is saying, then guess what? There's no situation that you're not out of. Amen? There's nothing bigger than you. We would, again, I just, this separation is just coming to me even more as I'm saying there's All of us, I think, even, even uh, <clears throat> all my Western Christian friends, they would go, all things are possible to God. Yes, amen. Amen. I got my Bible. Prayed in tongues for four hours today. <laughs> I took a nap. <laughs> so <laughs> I enjoyed it more probably. Anyway, they would all agree with that, but they wouldn't agree with this. That just becomes self-righteousness at that point then. If you're going, God's this, but I'm a little grasshopper. Yeah, that was the problem of the Israelites, right? So I'll do a, I'll do a thing on Rahab once. It'll be fun. The, the prostitute. She was kicking the Israelites' butt. So <clears throat> the same God that holds everything together, Colossians tells us, he's in and through and holds everything together so that all would be in all. You know all, you know all those scriptures. We've shared them with you. So the same God that created everything, that literally holds everything together, that keeps everything afloat. Is there anything outside of God? John 1. Everything that's created is within him. And there's only one spirit. And that spirit is the thing that holds everything together. So if there's only one spirit and everything that's ever been created is in that spirit and that spirit is love and it's one with me, then when I have a thought, guys, literally every atom in the world starts to respond to that thought and bring it to pass for me and you. That's cool once you start to get that. And that's where you see all these testimonies. The minute they start to see, you know what? Father, I thank you that I have this. Everything starts to respond to that, to make it real in your life. And that's what I'm gonna share a little bit more next week, like just with no space and time, literally, they're just showing that there's something that holds everything together that's even outside of time where the minute one thing over here happens, it actually affects every atom in the world at the exact same time. There's no time. That's cool to me. That's really cool. I start getting fired up about stuff like that because what the implications are huge. The implications are, I don't have to know how it's gonna happen that's not my job. My job is to simply know that when I pray, it's already done. And prayer is simply, I see it as if it's done. Oh, so that my joy may be full is what it says. Amen? So that my joy may be full. Well, I get joyful when I start thinking about stuff like that. You mean I can do that? Well, get realistic. No. All things are possible. So that means all things are possible to you. Anyway, if there's only one spirit that contains everything, and that spirit is one, and that spirit is God and is with you, and it's the same spirit within you, in, through, and withholds everything, <clears throat> then the minute I start to operate in the spirit, everything starts to respond accordingly. It can be no other way. It has to because there's only one spirit. You guys getting this? It's so huge when you get the implications of that. So there's only one spirit that contains everything. Decide how you'd like something to be. It really is. I've set before you life and death. Choose life, guys. You know, different ways to say it throughout scriptures. 
um, you know, Philippians 4 is one of my favorites, as you know, is like, don't be anxious about any earthly situation whatsoever, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with the joy of thanksgiving that you know you already have it, is how I would say it. <clears throat> now think on these things, things that are lovely, things that are pure, things that have a good report. Why? Because our thoughts become things, literally. What you, all we do is simply picture something within and immediately goes from potential into physical reality. It can't be any other way. There's one spirit. Amen? Does that help you? All right, you can get to your feet. Uh, does everything respond to God? Are you one with him? Then how many things respond to you? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm laughing because I'm going to get some huge hate mail on this. Oh, praise God. So much easier just to be in business and leave my life alone. <laughs> but this is important stuff. This is really important stuff. Because we can live a life of victory in all things we're victorious is what he says, amen? Even death, we're victorious. Even when we step out of this earth suit, we're still victorious because he's not the God of the dead, he's the God of the living. And that's where I was trying to share with some of my theologian friends. I was like, guys, I, I know what you're trying to say because I, I think you just don't dare go this far. I was sharing with him. I said, I just don't think you got the guts to do it. And I'm like, screw it. <laughs> I'm going because... Because I can see it. Once you see it, you can't deny it. You're like, oh my God, this is incredible stuff. And so, and that's why I like the science guys. They don't have to put up with all the nonsense. And they're just going, you know what? Whatever that theology you have, better help that single mom with stage four cancer right now. Right now. Amen? And if it doesn't, then throw it out, in my opinion. What's it worth? Arguing? Um, I don't know. Jeopardy? I don't know win something on Jeopardy, I guess. But it's very serious to me. It's very serious to me, this kind of stuff. And so it's so life-giving to me when you realize this stuff that, holy smokes. So from this day forward, I would just encourage you to this, is the world responds to you because there's one spirit. You are the glory of God. You, you are the weightiest thing on the planet. Jesus said, we are one. Father, let them see that just as we are one, all of us are one. And I've given them my kavot, my weightiness, my glory. My doxa in Greek, amen? The weightiest thing on the planet where everything responds to what I do within. So Father, just let them see perfection. Let them see joy. Let them see love. Let them see wholeness. Let them see everything. And they don't ever have to worry about doing it wrong again. They just have to know that who they are, that the minute they start to see it in the spiritual, when the minute they picture it within, it literally starts moving everything, moves heaven and earth to bring it to pass in their life and they can take joy in that. It will not fail. In Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, God bless you guys. So Micah's got a bucket here and on the way out if you want to give. So thank you for all you guys that give. Love you guys. Hopefully this helped. If you need prayer, come on up.